Hey guys, it's Rebecca. I just wanted to let you know, in case you didn't, that we recently launched my first fragrance. I'm so proud of it. I think the smell is amazing. I created it for you, for me, and uh, it doesn't actually involve any compromises. It's vegan, sulfate and phthalate free, cruelty free. My goal was to create something that marked all your milestone moments, but that didn't compromise your and others' health. And it's environmentally friendly with sustainable packaging. So head over to my website, RebeccaMinkoff.com, and check out my first fragrance. Hey, everyone. It's Rebecca. You're listening to Superwomen. Today's guest is Beatrice Dixon, the founder of The Honeypot. I was on a panel with Beatrice and I actually just stopped talking or answering most of the questions on the panel because I just wanted to listen to her. She's brilliant. She's smart. She's an incredible entrepreneur and founder, and I am so excited to be able to do this interview with her. First of all, welcome. I'm so excited to talk to you today. I'm, I think I'm a super fan. I'm going to say that at this point. So I'd love for you to start with what is your company? what inspired it, and then I want to go backwards. Hi, Rebecca. I'm a fan of you and Samantha because I love humans, um, and I'm happy to be here. I got started in the feminine hygiene business because I had a bout with bacterial vaginosis that I could not get rid of, and I'm grateful that my grandmother, um, she came to me in a dream and basically told me what to do and she handed me a piece of paper and on the paper, it had a list of ingredients. And she told me basically that this was going to solve my problem, you know, and I woke up, she kept telling me in the dream, remember, remember, when I woke up, I remembered and I wrote it down and I made it within a couple of days. And then I used it for like four or five days and then it worked for me. And so I I make it my mission to make products that work (laughs) for humans with vaginas, right? Because Everything that everybody goes through, that every woman with a vagina goes through, right? These are all problems that we're all may or may not going to go through at some point in our lives. I want to make products for humans that need them with whatever their circumstances are because they're already having to deal with those circumstances. And we put a lot of energy into putting good into the world through our products, our words, our marketing, our everything. That's what we do. I love it. And I love that you started it off just so like I, I get told a lot I have no filter, but I love that you were like, I had vaginosis. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah. What is that? Just so that everyone who's listening can get a crystal clear understanding of how uncomfortable that could be. Well, bacterial vaginosis, basically what it is, is your, is your uh, pH levels are off within your vagina. And what's happening is your body isn't your your vagina specifically isn't at the acidity that it needs to be at and so it's making kind of an overabundance of bad bacteria that can turn into a couple of things that can turn into bacterial vaginosis or that can turn into yeast it just depends on what the bacteria is that you're overproducing on so it's it's an issue that deals with a pH imbalance and it can be brought on by a lot of things it can be brought on by hormonal changes it can be brought on by intercourse with women or with men, <laughs> you know, um, doesn't matter what your preference is. Um, it can be brought on because you didn't use the right soap 
or you, you know, or or you did actually use a soap and not a wash that's been made specifically for your vagina. You know, it can be brought on from so many different things. The the problem is that we're not told that, you know, a lot of times medical doctors aren't necessarily spending the time with their patient to explain to them that the reason why this thing keeps happening is because a person's pH is always off. So what happens is when a woman gets her period, your blood in your body is alkaline. When you get your cycle, your pH increases because that's what it's meant to do. Blood is coming through. It's going to filter your body. It's doing, you know, it's cleansing. It's doing all the things that it's supposed to do, right? But what happens is the reason why reoccurring yeast or reoccurring BV is a thing is because when your period is, is coming off and your pH is trying to get back to normal, it's not getting back to normal. It's still off. So, so what's happening is the, is the infection comes right back. And then that sends a woman to the doctor or that sends her to the store, you know, to buy whatever the thing she's going to buy. Um, and then she's kind of right back into the circle and the medicine will work. But the problem is what you're doing on a daily basis. That's the thing that you have to focus on. What are you using every day? What's your lifestyle like? What, where, where's your partner at in that journey? All that kind of stuff, you know, has to be looked at when you're kind of dealing with this monster. It sounds like a monster, man. So I would love to go back. So you had this incredible dream. Your grandmother literally gave you the ingredients, which I think is amazing. But I feel like, Uh, I want to go back to what were you doing before this Mm -hmm. and sort of your journey to get to even, even to have the level of experience to launch a fully fledged company. Every single thing within my work history has prepared me for this. My first job out of high school was, was a job at Cigna um, Medical Center and they had a pharmacy inside and I was a pharmacy technician. So I kept doing that for like 10 years all the way into moving to Atlanta. And I when I did that, I did all types of pharmacy. I did retail, I did compounding where you like compound skincare for like skin diseases and things of that nature. I did I worked in IV rooms, I worked in chemo labs. That experience really gave me the knowledge of healing. I think it ingrained me in it um, because at one time I wanted to be a doctor. But then I decided that wasn't really the route into healing that I wanted to take because I just didn't necessarily like kind of the premises that were behind it within Western medicine. I think that it's necessary, but it just wasn't the road that I wanted to take. And so then I I left that and I was in between things because I was I had just moved to Atlanta and not, you know, I was there for a couple of years. And I was starting to like grow up and live my life. And, you know, so I decided to go into a cleaning business because then I could kind of work for myself, set my own hours. Only I didn't realize that in order for me to make money in a cleaning business, I had to be cleaning because whenever I tried to hire people, they would never clean the way I cleaned. So my customers were never happy. That didn't really give me a lot of freedom. So then I left there. I went to work at Whole Foods as a salesperson in their whole body department. But that was cool because I knew how to help people because I had been a pharmacy technician before. But the dope thing is that now, instead of being ingrained into Western medicine, now I was ingrained in like herbs 
and Whole Foods did all these immersions and they sent you on trips to like the Gaia farms. And I went to the Dr. McDougal camp to learn how to eat my food. And, you know, it was just really a really beautiful experience, but it helped me to understand how herbs and plants really can be ingrained into our lives. Then I left there and I went to be a broker. So I was a broker for a hundred different companies. I worked in, it was like all natural food brands, but I worked. Yeah. So I, I was the person that took their product and I was a traveling salesperson and I took their products and I took them into Whole Foods to sell to the buyer. And I took them into natural food stores and co-ops and things like that. So everything in my history, you know, when you look at it, really everything prepared me for this moment. And I would dare say that in this moment, not speaking with the exact timing, uh, in the moment of launching your company, you were sort of armed having having so many facets that an entrepreneur needs um, to succeed. It wasn't like you just started your company with a passion and no other experience. Mm-hmm. So do you, do you credit that sort of wide swath of experience you had to, you know, I don't want to say you have instant success because I hate when people say that to me. I'm like, it's been 15 long fucking years. Right. <laughs> so like, do you credit it with like, you know, you seem to have achieved some swift momentum with your company and notoriety. And, you know, do you think it has to do with that? Or do you think it, you I know, mean- obviously- I've been doing this since, you know, not I, we've been doing this since 2012. So it's not like Beyonce has been doing Beyonce since Beyonce was five years old. Right. Right. So if this bitch hasn't reached billionaire status by now, it would be weird. You know what I mean? Yep. Like you just said, Rebecca Minkoff has been working on Rebecca Minkoff since fucking 19... 2005, uh, 2005 <laughs> right? Yep. It wasn't far off from the 1990s. You, you understand what I'm saying? I do. So, so like we've been doing this shit for eight years, right? We got into Target in 2017. It just took this, it took from 2017 to now for us to, to, to get to a place where Honeypot is, be, is, is a household name, right? Right. My, I think that my experience really helped me in the beginning of when we got started, right? And it continues to help me now, but I feel like, I feel like we're constantly in school. Every moment is a moment in school, right? Like I try to be very conscious and aware of that. Not much is lost on me when it comes to how, how grateful and appreciative I am for where I am in my life with everything. Cause I know that everything that happened before this moment at two nineteen on August 5th, every fucking thing that I did, everything, every, every piece of food I've eaten, every juice I've drank, all the water, all the people, every single thing that has ever happened in my life was to get me to this moment right now. I love that because I feel like so many people are just living for something that's always unattainable. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you're really, it seems like you're a believer in like everything is priming you for the moment, for the moment and for the next moment. Absolutely. Cause that's all, that, that's all that life is, is a bunch of fucking moments, sure. right? Like all that there ever is, is right now. There's never any other time. 
Like, yeah. what are you going to do with this moment right now? I try to live in that moment. There's things that I have to come outside of the moment for, you, you know, with work, with business, you have to forecast, you have to plan, you have to have meetings, you have to know all the shit that's going on. But the planning is broke up into a bunch of moments, <laughs> right? That's how I live. So I would love to touch on, I guess, struggles you've encountered in your entrepreneurial journey and how you got through, like if you could pick one or two of your bigger struggles and sort of what you did to break through. I think a struggle that I've had before is um, being upset around race relations or sexism type of type of things where, you know, if I raised money or if I talked to a certain person or pitched a certain investor, looked at the valuations we were getting, and I was being comparative to the valuations that I saw other brands getting, and it was fucking with me that we weren't able to do that because we I just knew what we were building. I knew I knew how powerful it was and is in this moment, right? I always knew this moment will come. And I always know that the even bigger moment is coming. Right. But I used to let it fuck with me. Like I would just get upset and mad and really angry and emotional about it. And finally it dawned on me that I wouldn't have wanted to do business with those people any fucking way. Right. You you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And that them not being interested was probably the best fucking thing that ever happened to me, right? And that me needing to identify myself as a Black woman in business, for me, uh, it's beautiful. I love being a Black woman. I love myself. I love my culture. I love my music. I love how we look, how we, how we, our whole genocide quav, how we just live our life, right? Like, I love all that shit. Black is fucking fantastic, right? However, everything is fantastic to me. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because we are, we are on this earth with everybody and everything and the plants and the trees and the birds and the bees and the this and the that. And so I finally have gotten to a place where I understand that I was conditioned to have to think about my blackness, right? And I just got off from doing a podcast and the girl on the podcast was saying how she was a little black girl from Memphis and she was proud of herself that she was doing her podcast. And I told her like, just because you're a little black, to say that, it, it was it was a beautiful statement. There was nothing wrong with it. But what I wanted her to understand is that the fact that she felt like she had to put for a little black girl from Memphis in a way meant that most little black girls from Memphis can't do that shit, even though that's not what she meant. Right. We've mm-hmm. been conditioned to fucking think this way. Right. Right. And I think and I think that it's important that we understand, like with you, Rebecca, you weren't conditioned to have to think like that. You were conditioned to think probably 
that you could do whatever. And there was shit in there. You know, there's sexist things in there. There's, you know, just because you're a white woman in America doesn't mean whatever background you come from or ethnicity you, you would identify with. Just because you're that doesn't mean that you don't still have problems, that you haven't still encountered situations that shouldn't have happened. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I recently, and this is in no way comparing to the experience of being Black in America or, or Black in the world, but I had my own, you know, being Jewish in a small town where there's no Jews and the anti-Semitic attacks and the all the assumptions, oh, your nose isn't that big, or, oh, you must be rich, like all these assumptions that, you know, I'm not claiming victim to, but, you know, someone pointed out to me even recently, they were like, you never talk about anti-Semitism. You're here talking to women and founders and women of color and black women, but what about all the, all this? And I was like, oh, I guess I'm just used to it. That was my first thought. I was like, I'm just used to it, I guess. Like I did it just rolls off my back because I've had it my whole life, you know, not saying that's okay, but I had to wrestle with that recently. And I was like, Oh shit. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, yeah. It just made me, just made me think of like, you know, everyone has their, not a, you know, that stuff. Exactly. Except a, white, except a white man. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, but even, but even he, yeah. even he has his shit for that white man that, that is the extreme capitalist. That is the, that has most extreme racism inside of him, that has the most extreme whatever-ism inside of him. Yeah. The fact that he puts that out into the world, if that comes from inside of him out into the world, that is a sickness within itself. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And there's actually something wrong with him that yeah. he needs to look at. And so to pull all that shit back together, you know, uh, Tony Morrison taught me that, right? To pull all of it back together because that is a thing. I don't want to, ha- at this point in my life, I don't want to give any energy or fucks to anything that would try to pull me down or just place me in this box of being a Black woman in business. I'm a human in business. I'm a spiritual being wrapped up in skin, having a real human experience, right? That's what I am. Yeah. What what color of my skin that I am, that really doesn't fucking matter. Right? Cause I cause I'm still gonna run laps around this motherfucker like I own it. You know, I because it. I do. Yes, you yes. You know, I own whatever the shit is that I decide that I want to believe in myself that I can do. And any fucking body can do that. Whether you're a little black girl from Memphis or Rebecca Minkoff from fucking New York. This is why when we did that panel together, I was like, I'm just going to shut up. And I just want to listen to the prophecy of B. <laughs> uh, I was like, let me just be quiet because I don't want to hear myself talk right now. I just want to listen to you. And I could listen to you all day, frankly. I think you are so wise. Uh, I know I the term, it's stupid, wise beyond your years, but you truly are. And I'm so happy for your success. I know it's a bitch as well. So there... Shifting gears, sort of, there's two questions I love to ask all my guests. What would we be surprised to know about you is the mm-hmm. first question. You can tell me, you know, now we all know you had vaginosis, but is, <laughs> there, anything else? <laughs> is there anything else? We just went all the way when I told you that, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> we did, and I loved it. 
It doesn't have to be embarrassing, though. It can be something that people would be like, oh, I didn't know she was scared of zombies like I am. Yeah. Oh, wow. Is that your thing? Are you afraid of zombies? I'm afraid of, if I'm in a house, not, you know, part of the reason why I love living in an apartment is um, I feel very safe. If I'm in a house, I'm convinced that the zombies are going to come get me. Oh, shit. That's real. <laughs> That's real. When I exit this company, I want, when I grow up, I want to be a chef. And I want, not that where I like have a restaurant or anything. I just want to know how to like cook like a chef. Like I want to know how to like debone a fucking duck, you know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I want to know how to do it, even if I don't eat it. And I actually want to like travel the world and I want to be, I've just realized that I want to be a writer and I, you know, and I just want to, I actually live a very minimal life. I'm my, I'm very simple. I very much look forward to owning all my time so that I can get as very simple and and beautiful within my life as I can imagine. That's beautiful. I love that. And I love that you're already of the mindset of when you sell this company. So you are you feeling like you're ready? Uh yeah, when when it's time. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Love it. And then my next question for you um, is, do you have any advice, either hard one you'd like to pass on or advice someone gave you that's been a, a, a real proven, you know, I'm going to live and die by this? That everything communicates. Alexander Cummings taught me that. What do you mean by that? Everything communicates. Every fucking thing communicates. If you, the person that I pitched to, uh, who who gave me a ridiculously low valuation in an example? He communicated that he didn't take he didn't take our business serious, and that it wasn't it wasn't the monster that we thought it was, even though that's what the market told us, right? Um, when you get in an argument with your significant other, and they're arguing and you're not, that communicates that I'm not arguing anymore. Like I don't have shit to say. When you're in a situation where, you know, you're, you're working with people who don't necessarily feel like they should give it a thousand percent, that communicates that this probably ain't really some shit that they really want to do. Everything communicates. Everything does if you're paying attention. I love it. You sparked one other question that I want to ask before we wrap up, which is, the, you know, there's abysmal stat- statistics for women raising money, I think we're almost at 3%. Black women and women of color, it's even less than. And I know you you spoke about, you know, good that they turned you down because those are people you don't want anyways. But mm. I'm just curious for you to share maybe a story of that experience, just for people to understand the ridiculousness of, of the situation that women and black women are in when they're going to raise money or going to pitch or anything. Mm. I've had all kinds of issues around raising capital. I don't even know if that was directed at race. I think it was just more so he just had, he just didn't think that it was a business he could. I have to think about that, sister. Cause I, well, I well, just. Even, even, even if you take like you're pitching to men and you're trying to, you're sadly, men don't have vaginas. They don't get to enjoy it. Well, they, I guess some of them enjoy them, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah. like, it, you know, how hard it is to pitch a product category even that men are yeah. just like, that'll never be my user experience, right? Even pitching to a bank, 
mm-hmm. is hard, right? When 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 you're in this situation, because you you show up to the bank, you're like, my, this is my company. These are how many millions we're doing. We need a line of credit, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, the first thing that they go to is like, do you have any assets? <laughs> right. And it's like, right. no, my business is my asset. How can I fucking afford an asset right now? Right. Or when, you know, one of the things that I heard a lot when we were first starting was like, why are you developing all these products? You should probably just focus on one product and do that well. And then, you know, people thought that we were crazy for developing and innovating the way that we were doing it so quickly. You know, all the way down to this is the real shitty part when you know what this feels like, Rebecca, when you've been talking to this investor and you guys have been talking for weeks and you're and, and they're asking for all the financials and all the data and all the this and all the that. And you're just churning that shit out while still working, while still running a company, because at this time I still had a job mm-hmm. Only then to just get to the end of like a two week cycle to be like, you know what? I don't really know much about this business. So I don't think that this is something that I'm going to invest in. Like that is like the bane of my fucking existence because it's like, you probably knew that shit when I first pitched you, you know what I mean? And it would have been better if you didn't waste fucking two, three, four weeks of my time. Cause I could have been out in the world pitch. Cause when you get a, when you get a lead like that, when somebody's ready to go, when it comes to raising money, you know, we we both done it. Like you have to put your soul into that shit, you know, because you have to just will it, especially because you need the money like so so bad. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and that that is the hardest part. Like where where you just have to put every fucking ounce of hope and please and thank you and. Praying that you get the numbers right, praying that, you know, just praying that everything goes. Because even when it looks like something's going to happen in the last second, it could be like, eh, I don't really know if this is something that we want to do, you know. And around that time, it was so, it was so hardcore because we were just getting into Target. And we were literally raising money to pay our manufacturers, to pay like the design firm and like bills would be due like yeah. fucking tomorrow. Right. And, and, and the, and the 300,000 that we got to pay out, we just like, where is that shit going to come from? But the crazy thing is that even if it didn't happen how we wanted it to, it always worked out. You know, because we were just like every ounce of energy between me and my brother was like, we got to do this. We got to get this. So like that, go back to the everything communicate, that also communicate. Anytime we needed, we were pumping the shit out. It was, I mean, it was crazy. I think it also has something to do with your tenacity, your perseverance, your strength, just as a casual observer. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's been a gift. Too though, sister. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, I do. I still, I still feel like I'm pumping it out with my brother. <laughs> so, yeah. There you go. <laughs> you are incredible. Thank you for sharing your time with me today, and um, I can't wait for this episode to come out. Thank you. I'm grateful that you asked me to be here. That was Beatrice Dixon. Everybody, to support her, buy her products. Go to the Honey Pot. 
and uh, it covers all your feminine needs without any harm for you, for your body, for your vagina. And uh, it's a great company. So start getting your stuff from her.